السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم جميعا أيها المستمعين والمستمعات Beloved listeners of Radio Islam International Welcome back to حياة طيبة With myself Malima Shakira Hanta Alhamdulillah Thumma alhamdulillah Today we are going to be speaking about something quite fascinating We are looking at the youth at the word Fata At the young people of our generation And subhanallah How do we support them How do we build our communities And how do we assist them in developing their relationships with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, when you look at the youth, subhanAllah, we always speak about their role. And yes, this is a massive, massive topic. And later on, inshallah, I'm going to be joined by a lovely young girl who will also be speaking to us about this. But when we understand what is youth, besides the role that the youth plays, we have to understand that the, the, the focus of faith, of yaqeen, is often given us to, uh, by example of the youth in the, whole, in the Quran. And inshallah, we're going to look a few examples from the Quran. So Muslim youth present the very, very image and definition of yaqeen, of faith, the purity of life, which is that, you know, that crux of where they are, where they are actually, you know, subhanAllah, being called in so many different directions. They are at a point in their lives where the dunya calls out to them, where the, the pleasures of the world calls out to them, and yet they choose to come and get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these youth, subhanAllah, who choose Allah in those moments, they are an incredible, incredible example to you and I of just how we are supposed to be supporting them, we are supposed to be encouraging them and building avenues which makes it easy for them, inshallah, to, to do more of this work of uplifting and, and building our societies. Now, Muslim youth, you know, they are looking for examples, they are trying to emulate their predecessors, but most importantly, the actions of Muslim youth are impact our communities. And when we look in the life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there's a beautiful incident that a group of youth had come to Medina and they came there and they stayed by Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and they stayed there and, they, and, and the hadith relates that they, they were there for 20 days and nights and obviously after a while they began to miss their homes, they began to miss their families so Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was very compassionate, was quite kind and when he realized that you know he felt that they wanted to go back and they were even though they were with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam they were with the Sahaba, yet they still missed their home, they missed their family so when he felt that they wanted to go back home he asked them who did you leave behind and then they began to tell him the stories of their families and they related you know their tribes etc so Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said go to your people stay with them teach them and give them my orders. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa took the time to empower them, to teach them, to ensure that they were able to go back to their families. And, you know, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said to them, pray or perform salah as you have seen me performing salah. And when the time for salah comes, give adhan. And then, he, you know, he told them, the one who gives adhan, let one of you give adhan and let the older person amongst you give this, the, uh, lead the salah. And this hadith is narrated in Imam Bukhari, uh, in Bukhari Sharif. So Nabi sallallahu was incredibly kind and compassionate to all people but specifically to the youth you know he treated them with something which I think we as a community we have to develop this we think of our teenagers as people that we don't listen to as our young people that they, they you know they must listen to the elders but Nabi sallallahu showed us the way he respected them he understood their needs and he built their, he built their character and he prepared them for leadership positions you'll notice that subhanallah he took young young boys and 
and he prepared them for those kind of roles because subhanallah he understood something quite important that the future of the of the islamic community and the islamic nation and the deen of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rested on the youth it is an unfortunate that we are looking at the youth as our enemies and rather than incorporating them and building them into our lives subhanallah right so if you look at the prophets ibrahim والسلام, allah mentions him in the quran and allah speaks about him as a fatah at that time when when he broke the idols and at the time when he was calling people to islam we heard a young boy and they this young boy his name he was he was you know talking about our idols ibrahim he's named ibrahim and allah speaks about him as a as a fatah when allah refers to ismail والسلام, who was incredibly incredibly young and he was also quite respectful to his father subhanallah when he built the kaaba imagine he built the kaaba at that time he was a young man and if you look at the way allah describes him he was incredibly obedient to his father he was submit so he had complete submission to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know at that time when he was told that this is the command of allah he said, Satajiduni, inshaAllah, you will find me, inshaAllah, min as-sabirin. I will be from amongst those, those the patient ones. His, his, his faith is something so incredible. So you can see how he responded in that moment, subhanAllah, right? And these are the first two examples that we have of Ibrahim and Ismail, and their stories, when they are mentioned in those moments, they were young men. And uh, in another example, when Yusuf والسلام, was going through the, the, the challenges that he faced, at that time when he was facing the greatest challenge that our youth face today, and that is that, you know, he was a, a beautiful woman was in front of him. And at that time, he, you know, he chose Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He recognized that this was a test of, a test of Iman. He recognized that in, in getting close to this woman and being alone with, with this woman would lead to something that was haram. But he was a young man at this time. He wasn't, you know, a child he wasn't an old uh, an elderly person he was a young he was a youth and yet subhanallah he said the prison is more beloved to me so allah shows us here another example of this of, of yusuf والسلام, a young man with temptation in front of him and yet he chooses allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we we see that yahya alayha alayhi salatu wasalam maryam alayha salatu wasalam they were all young when allah described the way that they you know they behave it was they were quite young and then we know the famous story of the Ashabul Kahf, the companions of the cave. The, the, and, you know, when you look at them, they were not prophets, they were not messengers, they were not pious people, they were ordinary young, and some, uh, some narrations say they were actually princes, right? But they, at that time, they believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They refused that pressure of the evil king who wanted them to turn away from Iman. So their challenge was faith, was yaqeen and belief in Allah. And subhanAllah, they refused to turn to anything and to believe in anything other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says to us in the Quran, we relate to you this story in truth, bilhaqq, in truth. They were youths who believed in their Lord. And we advanced them in their guidance. You see, they wanted to believe in Allah. So Allah made it easy for them and Allah pushed them towards that guidance. Allah says, we gave them strength to their hearts. Behold, they stood up and they said, our Lord is the Lord of the heavens and the earth. Never shall we call upon any other God besides Allah. If we did, 
we should indeed have acted an enormity. So amongst those companions, subhanAllah, the cave, you saw how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assisted them. They retired to the cave because of this uh, uh, this focus and this worry of how do we co- comp- uh, uh, how do we take care of our iman? How do we take care of our faith when people are trying to break us down? And our young people today, they are being faced with challenges of the of in every given moment. SubhanAllah, at from left and right, they are being challenged. If they go into, out into university, there are challenges of, 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 of relationships. There are challenges of uh, belief systems, of yaqeen. There are challenges of clothing. There are challenges of dress. And SubhanAllah, we have so many examples when you look at Nabi Sallallahu the stories that we, we read. When we read about Ali radiallahu anhu, most of the stories were, was when he was young. He was left behind to return the, the, the goods. That means he was incredibly trustworthy as a young man. We read about Fatima radiallahu anha, a young girl. When you look at uh, Asma bint Abi Bakr radiallahu anha, she prepared Nabi Sallallahu journey. She, <coughs> excuse me, so many of them, when they were young and they were youth, Talha and Zubayr radiallahu anhumah, they were young people when they accepted Islam. And they made immense contributions to Islam, subhanAllah. So in Islam, when we understand what is a youth and what they present, they present for us something quite important, the courage to choose your faith, to choose your deen, irrespective of where you might be, subhanAllah, right? So when you understand what is the meaning of the word fata and futuwa, fata is that, you know, you are somebody who is, people don't hate you, they care for you because you are brave, because you are generous, because you are, because you are faithful, subhanAllah, right? And you are constantly worrying about your peers. And our youth out there today, you know, a lot of the times we are focusing and we are pushing them towards focusing on themselves. Whereas most of the problems and the worries of youth is that is that their potential to care about others is not being used. And, uh, you know, when you look at the way the Sahaba as young people, even Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he was in his early 20s, he established the helpful Fudul. And at that time, he was not a prophet. He was not, uh, you know, regarded as, the, as the, the Nabi of the of the world at that time, subhanAllah. So we see that the role that um, a Muslim youth has to play but there are certain things that are quite important and what what are those things that are important one of the important things that we have to focus on is how do we develop our youth how do we develop them so that they are able to have a voice if we are constantly shutting them down if we are constantly focusing them only on you 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 only on your nafs only your studies only what you are going to achieve what are you going to study what are you going to do rather let's turn it around and let's ask ourselves how do we build our communities how do we build this you know how do we bring youth development inshallah later on after the break we are going to you know speak directly to the youth to find out how we can assist them as well but when we look at youth development one of the most common common methods of doing this is to incorporate them into the problems of society when the young when a young person understands what is happening and what is going through and what is you know what their communities are going through they are able to find empathy they are able to care and subhanallah once they start developing this need inside of them that I need to do something. You find, subhanAllah, by doing this, 
I, I have noticed that a lot of our young people, when they start uh, volunteering, when they start you know, being part of these initiatives and campaigns, what they slowly start to do is they start to show the, the, their ability to move beyond themselves. And when Islam you know, gives our youth this high status, when we look at Osama bin Zaid, this also makes him the leader of an army. And the question is why? Why is a 17-year-old boy given that kind of responsibility? Because Nabi shows us by his example that in allowing the youth to live beyond their own needs, we move them away from sitting and mindlessly playing games, mindlessly playing video games, mindlessly scrolling through their phones and looking for meaning. Meaning has to be something that they have to that, that they will find in their lives when they are attaching themselves to a greater meaning and a greater need of their society. So if you look at that, that verse that we were speaking about earlier in Surah Al-Kahf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Indeed, they were youth who believed in their Lord and we increased them in guidance. Meaning that they naturally had that need for hidayah, that naturally had that need for wanting to be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But because they chose that path and they showed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah increased that for them. So what we have to do is we have to provide good Islamic education. We have to give them, you know, allow, uh, allow them to be equipped with understanding of what their own bodies need, what their communities need, what their own minds cannot have. And subhanAllah, when you start teaching them and when you highlight this, and this doesn't said to us, he said, take five things before five, meaning that value these five things because when these other five things occur, you will not have this pleasure anymore. To, you will not have this in so Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam instructed us, he said, take advantage of five matters, your youth, before you become old. So the value of that time of your youth, your health before you fall sick, your richness before you become poor, your free time before you become busy, and your life before your death. And all of this, you know, all of it, whether it is your youth, whether it is your age, whether it is your health, your richness, all of this, it, at the point of, you know, from your teenagers right into your early uh, 20s, you find that that is the, the crux of it all, you know, the time when you have most of that energy, subhanAllah. But the focus of, you know, getting your job, sorting out your life, sorting out your future, sorting out where you want to go, all of that sort of hinders your understanding and your ability to be able to tap into what you are able to do, right? So, subhanAllah, you know, when you look at uh, Zayd bin Thabit, radiallahu anhu, he was quite young when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked him, Nabi sallallahu wanted him to learn languages. And he tapped into that idea that this boy is a young boy, he has that ability to learn, he can assist me with the writing of the letters. He didn't look at him and think, oh, he's too young. I can't give him this immense responsibility of writing letters that are going to be going to kings, that is going to be going out there to, to, to different nations. But he, the, 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 the understanding that the capability and the energy of a young person is something that we have to value. So because of this, what Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did was he incorporated them. He allowed Zayd radiallahu anhu to be the one who wrote those letters, who learned the languages because he understood that the young people have more energy mentally and physically, subhanAllah, right? Now, also if we look at something quite important is that when we are looking towards the future and we understand that the youth are the future of this ummah, they are those flag bearers and they are those people who are going to carry the message of Islam. And if we keep 
keep holding on to it, we are not equipping and we are not training them. And so what is, you know, really something important is we as people who have knowledge to take the youth under our under our our, our uh, sort of our, our shadows and take them in, protect them, develop them. And I especially so if you see people are good at public speaking, teach them to be good public speakers. Teach them to speak in a way that will bring people towards Iman, towards Islam. In the same manner, if they are good teachers, teach them to teach, subhanAllah, right? Don't hold on. Don't retain control to such an extent that the youth have to learn on their own, right? And so when you look at... Um, Suratul, uh, sorry, before we go into that, when you look at the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always, is always praising the youth, right? Allah is always, pay, you know, um, paying attention to the fact that they are young people. And in Jannah, subhanAllah, when you go to Jannah, we are given that blessing, that ni'mah of being young. When you go into there in, in, in Muslim Sharif, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will, will say that the, the dwellers of Jannah, so subhanAllah, in order for us to assist and develop our our youth, the first and the most important advice that we have to build and we have to give them, inshallah, is teaching them about the ups and downs of life. And, you know, young people, what happens is that they tend to get really, really broken by anything that might happen to them. And they will tend to sort of, you know, fall into this frustration, fall into the cycle of, you know, worry that my, my job is not coming through, this is not happening, that is not happening. Teaching them that ups and downs are a part of life is one of the most important tools that we can give our young people. That when a Muslim realizes that hardship are an important part of developing your faith and your iman and that is why the way that we develop our relationship with our trials is so important because it allows us to build the tools of patience the tools of gratitude the tools of 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 dealing with life's difficulties and we find that so many youth today are turning to things like you know subhanallah very difficult uh, you know to, to to think about the fact that there's some turning to suicide others to drugs because they cannot deal with the hardships that are coming to them and so our focus has to be to teach this, to teach the ability to learn resilience. And then secondly, to allow them to, to get this closeness to the Quran so that it becomes a solution in every moment. Thirdly, we have to develop relationship with the Sunnah. And why? It's because, you know, when you look at the youth, they are always looking for somebody to follow. And when we look at social media, people are constantly looking for new people to follow. And they get enarmored by these people, they get pulled by them, and suddenly they are disappointed. And then, subhanAllah, to teach them to be in the company of good people. And this is important because, you know, a man and especially a person is known by the company that they keep. So when they are young, we, we don't realize the impact this makes on us. And what happens is, subhanAllah, as a young person, you, you tend to, you know, be pulled in the direction of the people who are around you. And Allah speaks about the akhillah, the friends, and how they will become enemies to each other on that day. And subhanAllah, in understanding this, understanding that the finding of a friend who is close to you, a friend who is there, the friend who is a muttaqi, and being that friend is so important. And then... You know, teaching our youth to hold themselves accountable. And what happens is, is that we know on the day of Qiyamah we will face accountability. But when we give them this tool of actually being honest with yourself and allowing yourself to say, you know what, I have done wrong. How can I change it? How can I impact? How can I... Uh, develop myself, it allows them to start, you know, practicing self-restraint. It also gets them to focus on developing their, 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 their righteousness. It's not about just sitting there and waiting for it to happen. And also, you know, without 
teaching them only the, the focus on the physical aspects. Our physical aspects are compulsory, like salah, like ibadah, our ibadah is compulsory. But we have to focus them on the internal as well. Because subhanAllah, when the internal is becoming fixed, then the external becomes fixed at the same time. And then, you know, teaching them to value minute, tiny good deeds. I think this is so important. Because a lot of the time, our youth are focused on massive actions and thinking that in massive, massive actions, things are established and they will get reward, they will get fame. But in focusing on these tiny little good deeds, we, we teach them. We teach them the value of the little and we also teach them the value of the everyday consistency and constancy of hard work. And then subhanAllah, you know, at, in, when, as, as Muslims, we have to focus our youth on understanding that ilm, knowledge, is not something that is, you know, uh, just limited to the amount of time that we have given given out our, our studies. In the world that we work is, you know, you finish your schooling, finish your, 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 your university and you can relax after that. Finish your studies and... And the reality is relaxed. Why? Because knowledge is something that's ongoing. We all are focusing on developing our minds, developing our abilities to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, developing our relationships with the people around us, and knowledge does this. So in teaching them continuous learning, that developing the love for learning, they will always be open to the to the desire to learn, subhanAllah. Okay, inshallah, we will take a short ad break, and when we get back, inshallah, we'll be joined online by our, a young woman who will, inshallah, Allah inspires us, inspire us further. Barakallah fikum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back, beloved listeners. Alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah. Today we're looking at youth development and why do we need the youth to be more vocal. So we were looking at strategies and how we can assist the youth, how we can develop them. And alhamdulillah, to further encourage us and further explain to us on this beautiful topic, we have Sister Zeba online and sister zeva is you know she is the, um, the owner of nov the label i hope i'm saying that right and yeah, she started as a part-time hustle and alhamdulillah has grown substantially you are also the head of collaborations at is it to empower on yes. and a digital account manager as well as a marketing student at the university of london assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh sister zeva welcome to radio Islam international walaikum salam jazakallah so much for having me on Alhamdulillah. So, beloved listeners, you know, when we look at teens and we look at, you know, uh, our, our young ones, most of us adults, we see them as in a negative way. But over the last few years, we can see that, alhamdulillah, many of them have these passions ignited. And, you know, they've been pushing themselves and pushing others to make a difference within our society. The youth are more vocal on social media. And one of the major differences we have seen is that they are making headway when it comes to destigmatizing certain health conditions, including mental health and female health. And today, subhanAllah, we are joined online by Sister Zeba. And Zeba, you know, when we are looking at all of these stigmas and all of this, you know, different understandings of mental health, one thing that we can understand is that being more vocal is the most important thing that we need from our youth. So can you tell us why is this in your opinion? I mean, you know, as the generations go on and as the world kind of moves and grows, uh, it's very, very important for these to be vocal because it's an ever-changing world. And it's in the hands of us. Mm-hmm. So if, if, we're, if we're not vocal about it and if we're not kind of empowering the people around us, we can't really have past generations directing the way forward. That's not how it works. We will never move. We will never grow if that's not the case. And... And, you know, youth being vocal has so many different forms. It's not necessarily just, um, 
in the form of activism. It can be as simple as speaking up in your community, in your school, whatever it might be. It doesn't necessarily have to be uh, a form of activism. And yeah. that's the way forward. Mm, I love that you said that because a lot of times when we think about, you know, uh, getting the, the youth into, we're always thinking about movements and really sometimes it's just about the simple little things that make a difference. So when you think of uh, uh, silencing youth voices, and unfortunately in the past this was a massive, massive part of our societies, yeah. uh, what are some of these dangers that could arise if we have to still the voices of our youth? Well, yeah, it goes back to what I said earlier. We will never move in an ever-changing world. The world keeps moving and keeps moving, and we can't have past generations having a say in that. And that goes for, for anything in life. That could be, um, you know, within politics, within communities. And it, it doesn't have to be that. It, it reaches much more beyond that. But the dangers of that is how will we move? How will we learn? How will we grow? It's mm -hmm. not possible. And uh, especially for the youth ourselves, you know, how are we going to better ourselves? How are we going to feel better? How are we going to learn and achieve and grow things? If we're silent, if we don't speak up, if we don't do what we um, would want to achieve. And we can't be silenced by, you know, other, other people. And it happens a lot, uh, especially in our uh, communities and brown communities. It, you know, we're, we're seen as insignificant and our voices are unimportant. And it, has such terrible impacts on your mental health and it's so important for us to speak up because you don't want to be sitting in a in a stagnant place for so long without being able to to speak up and to move now when you look at uh, the youth and social media often you know that the first thing that comes to mind is TikTok, and you know it, you sort of get this idea that people are just dancing all the time and they're just enjoying themselves and having fun but i think that covers up the sort of deeper desire for the youth right. of today and that is becoming huge entrepreneurs and actually moving and beyond moving beyond just you know just the entertainment value and actually looking at what it brings to their lives and as yeah. you know definitely not <laughs> saying that we should be uh, doing any kind of TikToks or dancing and things like that but yeah. do you feel like this do you feel a lot of times that because of the way the youth speak out and the way that they they bring to society sometimes they are overlooked in the, the you know the massive responsibility or the, uh, or the impact that they are having yeah absolutely i mean on on surface level on social media it just looks like we're messing around and we don't really know what we're doing but a huge example of you know going deeper than that is as myself i i work for an organization called to empower and our organization is you know fully based on social media so it's full of activism it's full of women empowerment across south africa and a big thing that i do are uh, segments on mental health um so i speak up i talk about my experiences i i i really get personal on it and you know that's not something that everybody is open to speaking about but you know it's it's just an idea of how we can utilize social media in such a positive way mm -hmm. so much so many good messages so many um just important things can be learned and taught on social media so it's, it's definitely a lot deeper than you know the surface mm -hmm. level of um just pictures or dancing or whatever it could be it is a beautiful mm -hmm. tool and especially for the youth because that's our generation that's what we grew up with and mm -hmm. what we yeah. are growing and I, I think I think you make a very personal point there that the fact that the youth of today have been brought up in this world, you know, because a lot of a lot of the old generations come into it. So you find of you know find us sort of looking back and saying, you know, we were small, we didn't have this, it wasn't like that, it's different. Unfortunately, unfortunately, at the same time, the youth of today are brought up in this world. So this is the world that they know. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how then does social media help us to break down social barriers? Right, it's, it's such a, like I said, it's such, if, if utilized properly, it can be such a beautiful tool and it helps us connect with people that we otherwise 
wouldn't have been able to connect to. And again, a big example with that on my segments of mental health on social media, so many people have reached out to me to ask me for advice or to say thank you so much. This has helped me out so much. And it's people that I never even heard of or knew. And it's it's just a really great example of how you can touch millions of other people just by doing something positive on social media. And I've connected with other people because of it. Even other stuff on To Empower, such as like donation drives and everything, we touch so many people across South Africa, Cape Town, Johannesburg, wherever it might be, just from using social media. It's as easy and as simple as that. And if used properly and if used in a great way, it makes such an incredible impact. Mm. So subhanAllah, you know, that's really beautiful the way you're putting it across. And, you know, when it comes to brown households specifically, and, I, and you did mention some of this earlier, where, you know, we, we sort of told that mental health is just, ah, you get everything, you can't complain. Right. right? And we, we, we tend to, you know, view it as, oh, they, they just spoil children of this generation who just wants everything. So how do we, how do you, first of all, as a youth, how are you equipping the older generations to change these kind of outlooks? So, I mean, personally, alhamdulillah, my, I've grown up in a family and an environment where my parents have always been, my parents and my family have always been very open and um, supportive on everything and have always kind of listened to me. But that's, of course, not the case in most of our community, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the reason why it's so important to kind of encourage and speak out about this in our communities, especially to our elders and our parents, Um, is to kind of prevent a cycle from repeating itself. Um, We carry so much generational trauma from our grandparents and their parents and and every and every and everybody. And it's so important to kind of break that because we don't want to put that onto our next generation or our children or our grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And because our parents and grandparents were not kind of exposed to what we're exposed to now such as mental health and social media or you know any any anything else really um they don't see it in the same way that we do we don't understand each other um Mm. so i mean the best that we can do is encourage and speak out about it but that's not necessarily always going to change such a deep-rooted um thought thought process Mm -hmm. Um, but i think the best thing to do in in that instance is like we said social media breaks I mean, yeah, break social barriers and we can connect mm-hmm. with other people through that. We can build support systems and support structures through that with other people who are going through the same exact thing. Yes. Um, and, and so, as I said, you are a brand, a brand manager, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Alhamdulillah, you know, you are in the marketing field. So, first of all, what drew you to that? And I, something I really want to know is, do you, do you think that people can keep their personal lives out of their brands in the, the current uh, you know, world that we live in? Oh, that's uh, that's a difficult. That's that's tough for me personally. I I find that very challenging. I mean, I'm only I'm quite young. I'm very young. Yeah. So I've taken on quite a lot at at my age. I mean, and I love it. I'm very grateful for it too. But uh, yeah. So I I discovered the whole marketing path. I've always been into fashion. Fashion has always been you know my sort of passion, uh, more in the business and statistical and economic kind of area, and that's where marketing kind of plays a role. So I I really really enjoy that type of field but my job is predominantly on social media i spend yeah i'm on social media around the clock for for my job and for uh working for to empower and that's the tough part because i get so enveloped on 
online content and, and sometimes it can be really damaging and mm. it can just be so mindless and unproductive and it, it, it really is a tough thing to balance but I've kind of learned from doing this for so long that you have to be quite disciplined mm. and you have to kind of teach yourself, okay, you can have this much amount on your personal social media a day but nothing mindless, nothing harmful and it's really important to kind of you know, find the fine line between that because it can be strictly work and, you know, strictly sharing uh, my own personal life with my friends and stuff, but it can be really, really, really difficult. So I think that the key in that is I've been teaching myself how to be disciplined on it and how to kind of control it in a way that's uh, healthy for myself. Mm -hmm. And one one question like I, I think I really have to see a lot of people struggle with is that, you know, people follow everybody and anybody. Do you right. think as a follower, just like, uh, you know, as a as a person who's you on the other side of things, right? Mm -hmm. You want people to follow you. But uh, let's speak to our, our, our listeners who might be followers. Should we just be following anyone and everyone? How should we actually, you know, uh, develop our own social media pages? Absolutely. So, I, like what I said earlier, social media is a beautiful tool if it's utilized properly. And you don't want to be following harmful things or mindless things. And it's that's what I said, you have to be quite disciplined with it. Follow things that make you feel good. Follow things that are positive. Follow things that you enjoy. Keep it in a positive space, in a positive aspect. You know, if you, if you like recipes or if you like uh, the news, whatever it might be, it's really important to tailor it to you. It's your social media page. It's your personal space and you don't want to you don't want that to be harmful if it's unique to you so it's really important one to be disciplined and to kind of monitor your screen time on it and to just make it a healthy and happy place for you by controlling what you would like to see Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now that's really lovely. Now you know we are speaking about youth development, and earlier in the first segment, I was focusing on the youth that are mentioned in the Quran. And one of the beautiful things that I think most of us don't realize is most of the pro prophets that are mentioned in the Quran, they are portion of their stories were when they were young people and you notice that they always got you know uh, they got they were in, in, in situations where either they were they were tested they were in situations where people didn't accept them they were so how important is it for, for perseverance to be a part of your daily routine as a young person yeah I think that's that's a big part of of me when I was growing up is perseverance and wanting to achieve big things and I always just thinking of a way forward that's not always the case we can be so demotivated and so, you know, just beat down and dead, especially, you know, with school going on or jobs or whatever, because, I mean, the youth have a lot of pressure. We have a lot on our shoulders, um, you know, and I, I'm not saying it's the same pressure as adults, but we do face our own kind of problems. And mm -hmm. it's tough, especially, you know, social life and managing all these different things. But for me personally, I always would I would always dream big. That's always been something that kept me going for so long. You know, when I finish school, this is what I'm going to do. And that kind of thought process kind of pushed me through everything. So yeah. it's not necessarily the case for everybody, but it's so important to look at a way forward, to kind of have a plan, a sense of direction. And we might not always have, have it figured out sometimes, but kind of really sitting down, getting to know yourself, finding a way that you can plan your way ahead and your way forward and what you would like to do and kind of taking that into control in your own hands, I think is the best way to do that. Mm. Now, there's something, you know, when I listen to you, I, it just reminds me of my own self. When we were young, my siblings, we were, you know, incredibly 
pushed and you know determined and motivated mm-hmm. and my parents always you know encouraged us to do as much as we could and I, I you know whether it was doing courses in journalism whether it was doing life-saving courses whatever it was we were always had our hands in in different pies and I feel like you know 20 years later I'm, I'm, I think I'm now the old generation but you find that that assists you so much you know it impacts so much in your life that sometimes you have skills that you don't even know where you where you where you found them or where you've learned yeah. them along so how important is skill development for yourself personally I think it's 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 kind of the foundation of your future what you want to do uh, and I think a really big part of that comes in with like matric students they don't know what they want to do once they get to university and you know it doesn't always come down to your to your grades I think it's so important to get to know yourself know what you're good at know what you like I mean there was so much there were so many different paths that I could have you know chosen but I've always been good at graphic designing and presenting ideas and, you know, basic numbers and stuff like that. Business, economics, especially owning my own business. It's always been something I've enjoyed and I've developed that over time, you know, and that's how you have to, you have to discover that for yourself. You have to find that out. Um, It's not as simple as taking on a task and practicing, you know, doing it. Uh, You have to actually enjoy it. You need to explore. You need to try different things and, and see what what really works for you, that plays such an incredible role in what you want to do in the future. You don't want to be stuck doing something that you really don't like doing just because you are able to do it. You have to love it. You have to be attached to it and, and grow towards it. And yeah, so starting a business was a was the biggest thing for me because that kind of set my, my way forward. This was like, I this is what I want to do forever. I do not want to work for somebody else. Um, but in that in that uh, journey, it, it taught me what I what I'm good at. That's excellent. And now, you know, we recently I've been speaking about resting, you know, and not not sleeping, but resting. And I feel that, you know, in the hustle culture, sometimes we forget that rest is so important. And so, you know, just to end off, how do you implement this in your life? Weigh the balance between social media, between your own relaxation and then also finding those moments where you're absolutely switching off and resting. Yeah, that's also that's also something that I struggle with a lot because I have so much on my plate. I, I you know, organization work, my business, uh, my full-time job, and studying. It's a lot. It's a lot for someone to handle. And while I'm so blessed and very grateful for everything that I do, there are so many times where I just break down in tears and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And it's because I don't give myself a break as much as I necessarily would like to. However, I am very conscious about it. I can feel when my body is you know, going to hit the point of a burnout. Um, But because I'm so driven and so um, uh, motivated by what I do, it's it's tough for me to kind of switch up, especially because it's my my drive and my passion and my purpose in life is to is to do all these wonderful things that I love. But it's so crucial to give yourself that break, because once you hit a burnout, you're not going to come back as strong and as uh, motivated to do what you currently do. So I think the best way for that is weekends. My weekends are my time for myself. I do not do anything. Even if I have to work extra, sometimes during the week, just to have everything ready by the weekend, I do that. I try to keep that as my time for myself. So far, it's working, but there are the odd occasional days in the middle of the week where I'm like, okay, I need to sit down, I need to rest. And just it's really important to take care of yourself when you're doing so many different things. It's, it's beautiful to have so much on, but it's so, so important to take care of your health. 
And, you know, this has really been inspirational listening to you. And I know you said you're quite young. Do you want to tell our listeners how old are you or you want to keep that a secret? Uh, I turned 19 last week, so yeah. MashaAllah, MashaAllah. Like, definitely, they take your um, business from strength to strength, keep you always with the strength that uh, you have. Mm-hmm. And may you always make it such that you're an inspiration to other people and you assist other people in their in their lives as well. Shazakallah, Sister Zaiba, for joining us today. May Allah bless you always. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam. Listeners, alhamdulillah, we were, we were speaking to Sister Zaiba and we have been truly inspired this afternoon and we've been listening to her own journey and you know this is this really shows us why it is so important for us to assist our youth to develop them and to listen to them subhanallah they have so much of ideas of intelligence of, of, of you know energy and really speaking we can work together to build platforms inshallah that will change this world may Allah bless you all for joining us this afternoon may Allah inshallah keep you all safe and happy with your families. Inshallah, we will chat again soon. Assalamu You have been listening to Hayatun Tayyibah with myself, Manima Shakira Hanja. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.